Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I am your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on all podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, Podbay, Podbean, uh, Alexa. You can now get that on the TuneIn skill. So search for that for About to Review. Follow the podcast on social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to support the show and get a t-shirt, go to abouttoreview.threadless.com. Also, make sure to go to youtube.com slash about to review. Check out the video versions, which are the about to interview sections on today's episode. Uh, it is going to be about trains, trains, trains. Uh, <laughs> and I have a special guest in the studio who is one of the one of my favorite critics, local critics. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and he loves lists. And so do <laughs> I. So welcome to the show. Brian Teibel, a.k.a. Brian, the movie guy. Hey, good morning. Or good afternoon, wherever you may be listening <laughs> like, to this. Yeah, train, and I'm also a train guy. Oh. No, that's not true. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, nice. We have a train expert. No, no, we <laughs> no. do not. So Brian has been a radio professional and movie critic for a long time. Long time. Professional, did you do your... Oh, your sorry, course? sorry. forgot to do... And I... Oh, speaking of professional, I forgot to turn on my on-air sign. Oh, what yeah. kind of crap studio is that? Uh, now, wait. Oh, there we go. Now we're good to go. So, <laughs> Now we're officially on it. Let's start now. Uh, so, because Brian is such a radio professional, I wanted to make sure the on-air sign is <laughs> on, get him in the mindset. Uh, it is not the big flashy one. Yeah, that's all right. Which I do want one of those. You should get one. I looked them up. Insanely expensive. It might be worth it, though. It might be worth the investment. At, at some <laughs> some point, I will do that. Uh, so, before we get more into Brian, the topic of today's episode, like a, today's episode, is going to be about trains. We're going to be talking about our good, bad, and ugly movies that have to do with the train, leading into our review of the new train movie starring Liam Neeson, The Commuter. So uh, it is going to be interesting <laughs> what choices we come up with. Yeah. So before that, we will get into the theme song, which of course is created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Before we get into train stuff, Brian, the movie guy, he has that name for a reason. Been in radio business for 15 years. Oh, my goodness. Uh, which seems like just yesterday. Oh, it does. You've only seen a few movies between now and then. <laughs> what do you, do you remember the first movie that you officially, like your first official movie critic uh, scene that you did kind of on the radio? Well, yeah. Okay, so... Prior to the radio, I worked in media, radio sales for a long, long time. Okay. And I knew that these screenings existed, <laughs> right. right, through our promotions department and so forth. And so I would just find out when they were. I would show up before everybody else, mm -hmm. and I would just show my business card, which had radio logos on it. Oh, right? okay. Say, I'm, with the, I'm with the radio station. Just the radio station. <laughs> the, the innocuous radio yeah, station. Exactly. And I would walk in and I'd grab a seat before anybody sat down. This is before they would rope off for press and all that right, stuff. Right. And I would just sit down in the back 
weird guy in the back with his popcorn and soda, and right. I'd see all these free movies. Um, that kind of led into back in 2001, two, somewhere in there. Um, it was a crazy year because there was Lord of the Rings, there was Harry Potter, Oof, there was yeah. uh, Ocean's Eleven, all these highly anticipated movies. Um, Star 101.5 here in Seattle had mm-hmm. lost, uh, their movie critic had quit. Um, but he was based out of LA. He just had too many commitments. And so they needed somebody. My girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, she overheard Kenton Allen talking about, hey, we need a new radio critic in here. <laughs> right. They even talk like that when they're not on the air. Um, but See, she, I always wondered that because <laughs> I've known a few radio guys. And I mean, I know some of them here locally also. Yeah. That, that same tone and demeanor, <laughs> some of them, it is the exact same yeah. on and off mic, which is always fascinating to yeah. me. Uh, especially the morning guys, which have a reputation for for being uh, a different style. Yes, yeah. These guys are these guys are like. I guess they tone it down a little bit, but they had mentioned it. Uh, my wife, bro- girlfriend at the time, was a copywriter. She was writing, okay. uh, working right outside their office, and and she bolted in there. She says, "Oh my gosh, all Brian does is talk about movies. <laughs> I think he's your guy." And so I auditioned with a bunch of people across the country, got the gig, sold them on the fact that anytime you need me, any coverage, I'm right down You're the hall, literally down the yeah. hall, <laughs> and. Um, and I wouldn't go away, and uh, and so yeah, that's I, so I'm pretty sure it was Lord of the Rings, so a big one right wow. out of the gate, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just I just remember prattling on, and they're you know they covering the mic, they're like, okay, you know, short it up, short it up, short it right. up, right? So <laughs> like, oh, you want me to keep going? Um, and then so I've been doing that, and I've picked up other radio stations here in Seattle. I'm on in, in Denver, uh, Billings, Montana. Um, and over the years, I've been on other stations, and mm-hmm. I only go where they pay now, which is tough to find them because anybody will yeah. get on the air for free, you know, like, hey, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about this movie because you get to see free movies. Um, but I've with three kids now, it's mm-hmm. like I need I need a little scratch, you know, makes sense. To get my beak sense. wet, uh, okay. as it were. So so yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was Lord of the Rings uh, or even Harry Potter. And it was Lord of the Rings because I remember. Like, oh my gosh, am I going to review this thing? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, (laughs) watching the theater is one thing, and then thinking, okay, now I have to actually talk about this and wax poetic on it on a movie that epic, your first shot. Yeah. And we we, we had creatively came up with Brian the movie guy. We workshopped that for months. I'm kidding. Uh, They just said it off the cuff, and and, uh, I remember them saying, well, did you read the book? How does it compare to the book? And I'm like, it's not Brian the book guy. It's nice. the movie guy. And I've kind of held on to that mantra for 15 years now. Like, I don't know how the book was. And every time, my you, wife. Every time you say it, you know, you just have to give them 10 cents for initially right. coming up with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just been, it's, it's been fun. It's been, uh, it's, you know, it's people, and, and because I do radio, it's so short, right? The mm-hmm. hits are so short. You have to review. If there's four movies opening, I still, it depends on the station, but on Star, for instance, right. I have 90 seconds to review Ugh. four movies or one movie or whatever. Well, you so. have 90 seconds for all four? Yes. Yeah. Or you have 90 seconds per movie? No, all four. That's the segment is 90 that seconds is long. madness. Yeah. And so you just find a way to, you know, with radio, it's got, you know, I love the puns. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You got to get the letter grade in there, for me at least. I've right. always found that, for me, letter grades are great because it cuts through what did you think of this? Uh, B plus. Okay, cool. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go see it. So, um, wait. You mean there are systems of rating out there that do not need <laughs> explanation before every single time you rate something? Yeah, that seems weird. Yeah. Uh, I, that does not make sense to me. I'll give it seven and a half space needles. <laughs> right. Okay. What is that? I remember we were talking at some point uh, on our Slack thread with all the Seattle critics mm-hmm. that there was somebody who used either was it bananas or somebody like we were joking about somebody using bananas. Yes. And it was like. 
okay, that like to me who created my own rating system, right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go for it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> because when I think of like the five star rating and you break that down into half stars, that is 10. And I was like, okay, or, you know, nine or whatever. Yeah. With letter grades, if you do A plus, you know, A plus, A minus, that just get, that is so complicated. So I'm like, I came up with three. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is that, which cuts again, cuts through the clutter. Yeah. yeah. Although I do know that a lot of our, especially local critics, mm-hmm. the top of their blog, they will have the stars, you know, they will yeah. have the rating right at the top for the people who just, they want to click on that. They want to see right at the top what it is. Yeah. And from there they can decide to read it or not. And I'll tell you what, having done this for 15 years, mm-hmm. that has not always been the case. There have been really? critics that usually put it at the end, ah. which, okay. You know, I mean, I hope people read my stuff because I write it. Of course, my stuff, again, is I was like, yeah, so, very short. Because <laughs> Brian is the patron saint of, <laughs> of meme reviews. Basically, any of the meme slash capsule reviews that you have seen on my page, About to Review, 100%, and I will always give credit <laughs> to Brian for that. I was following Brian on social media before I ever knew who you were. Yeah. Because it was one of the things where I just kept seeing these I was connected to some of the local film critics before, you know, I became a professional. Yes. yes. Definitely using air quotes for that. <laughs> and so I kept seeing these like short format, just right there, digestible reviews on all of the social media. And I was like, this guy gets it. Cause it was just, it was right there. It was formatted properly yeah. <clears throat> uh, for all different forms of right. social media. So it looks great. It is easy. It is branded. Yeah. It is just solid. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah. It, I, it, it might, and it might have been born of laziness. I don't know. It just could. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it's, uh, radio kept me short, right? It yeah. It kept, kept me short. So I'm like, okay. Um, and I was, I was, I'm a firm believer in people don't have a ton of time. Nobody does. I've got three kids, a wife, a job. She works, da, da, da. Um, and most of my, a lot of my circles like that. But it just, mm-hmm. even if you don't, even if you're just a single person, you have a job. Nobody has a ton of, ton of time. So I'm like, when people would ask me, I would always try and give them the elevator pitch, the elevator review. Absolutely. What do you think of that? Sometimes it's just a grade, uh, you know, it, or it's a little bit more. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to give too much away, but here, you know, it's fun, action packed, B plus. Right. Um, and then I got to a point with the meme reviews where they beca- started becoming harder to write because you're trying to take everything that's in your head mm-hmm. and make it into a hundred and. I mean, I think they usually top out at about 115 words, maybe, which yeah. sometimes seems long, but you got to cover everything. And hey, if you don't want to read it, here's a grid. Yeah. And I'm not making you click somewhere else. Exactly. Which... That, that is the biggest thing is, and as much as I, I mean, when I would see, you know, a little headline, because some things like, you know, Facebook, where once you put a link to it, then it pops up with a picture, but Twitter sometimes does it. Instagram hates links because yeah. they want you to stay right there. Yeah. So to be able to just see your full review right there right. was just, it was awesome. And it Thank was you. easy to digest with me. I put that up that I'm like, make sure to tune in where I talk for two hours about a movie. <laughs> so, but yeah, totally different style. But yeah, yeah, patron saint of meme reviews. Thank you. You can put that on your next business I card will. along with a dozen other, you know, quotes yeah. and radio logos. I had a guy at one of my stations I'm on. He said, you're on this station, this station, this station in Seattle. I was like, yeah. He says, are you on in Portland? And I, and I am on another station. And he's like, you're the most listened to critic in the Pacific Northwest. And I was like, I don't know if that's true, but let's run with it. <laughs> right. uh, and then until, I, until somebody tells me differently. Yeah, and nobody has. Uh, no, but I've checked the numbers with the station and it is, it's true. Yeah. You are yeah. the most listened to movie so, critic. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there you Mainly go. Mainly because I don't account podcasts. Because if they did, <laughs> no, not really. You would dwarf. Yeah, my numbers are, are dwarfed by Well, the, and the other thing too with, uh, I, I don't want to knock anybody's review style because you do what works for you. Mm-hmm. The the meme reviews, the shorter stuff just works better for me. And, yeah. and uh, But I read or at least look at or at least <laughs> click a link to a, a local critic that I like. And if I don't read their whole review, I always go to that final paragraph because mm-hmm. that final paragraph sum, su- sums everything up and you get your grade and you're good to go. So Yeah. But. Now, because you've been doing this for a while, mm-hmm. 15 years, you and I are not the type of critic generally who brings a notepad into the, into right. the theater. I only really do that if I am at like SIF or a film festival where that might be the only time I'm going to see that. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, a major movie where I can read somebody else's thing and be like, okay, this reminds me of whatever. Mm -hmm. Since we do not do that, when you are in the theater, what are the things that stick out to you? That's a great question. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's just it, right? After the movie's over, hopefully something sticks out, Mm -hmm. um, good or bad or ugly. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Trademark. It's so funny. If I sit next to somebody who's who's jotting down in a Mm -hmm. notepad. I'm always like, and they, they're jotting down at a time where like nothing's happening. I'm like, what are you writing right now? What could you possibly <laughs> right. be writing right now? Um, I just go with the movie, right? How do I feel afterwards? And what okay. do I remember? And um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll write notes down on my phone afterwards, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, put on my voice thing on my phone to just get some thoughts out. Um, a lot of the times I'm sitting there watching a movie thinking, okay, what's my pun going to be for this oh, one? Yeah. So. See, and it got to the point where... <laughs> Once all of us, I mean, because all of the Seattle critics, generally we sit, you know, together, at yeah. least in the same rows. After the end, at the end of the movie, sometimes we will, you know, hit up Brian and be like, so what about this? And in my head, as a creator, I am like, I try not to have other people's thing get into my brain mm-hmm. so that if it comes out, I'm like, oh, is that, is that mine? Is that somebody else's? Right, yeah. There's one of our local critics. Uh, he is not coming very much anymore, not too often. R- like as the credit starts... He bounces. He goes out to the lobby, gives his quote, and leaves. That way he is not part of the the banter at the yes, end, yeah. getting influenced by other opinions. So, yeah. yeah, it is whatever works. But, yeah, your puns are awesome. <laughs> uh, the About to Review podcast is absolutely team dad joke. So, uh, <laughs> if people like that, then definitely follow yeah. Brian. So, cool. All right. Now that the getting to know you yes. section of the podcast, the topic for today. So, January is a rough time. Generally, in movies, like we talked about last week with Tim, it gets a little bit slower. Not too much is coming out. And so we only had one screening this past week, and it was for The Commuter. So I was like, okay, uh, one movie. And what do I do for an episode? Good, bad, and ugly train movies. (laughs) (laughs) So because Brian likes lists, he does a lot of top tens, top performances, top directors, top films. Thought it would be perfect for this. So we each have... A film that falls under the category of good, bad, or ugly. A train film. A train-related yes. film for good, bad, and ugly. Uh, it is pretty simple. A train has to be central in the storyline okay. uh, for it to qualify for our judging criteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, it will fit, and we will go over why we chose it for that category. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to you oh, for, the I'm going first, for, for the first one for your good movie revolving around a train. I narrowed it down to six. Okay. <laughs> now, I do have three, and it's so hard to pick. You, know, I mean, you make I, it tough. It was pretty funny, because when I was thinking about it, I was like, like, oh, there cannot be that many. And I just Googled, like, movies that take place on a train. That was a mistake. Yeah. There were 
a lot more than I thought. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time, and I'll get into my favorite here, but mm-hmm. my good. But uh, I love planes, trains, and automobiles. Okay. But Solid. I thought, well, there's also planes and there's also automobiles. So <laughs> Correct. I'll just cut that one out. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Before Sunrise. Okay. With Ethan Hawke. And I mean, that most of that takes place on a train. I'm trying to remember which one that That's was. That's the first one where they meet. Oh, oh, before. Gotcha. Yeah. Part of the, bef- the before, before uh, trilogy. trilogy. Yep, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Which I always made fun of before I even saw. I'm like, oh, it's Ethan Hawke with a goatee. And mm-hmm. in my head, he was always that guy from Reality Bites who was just that, right. you know, I'm going to play my music. And <laughs> I was like, I'm never seeing that movie. And then people just praised it. And I finally saw it. And they're lovely. They're lovely films. They are. I mean, not just incredible movies, but when you think about the filmmaking that went behind those movies yeah. and just the structure, not many people can pull that off. No. Still not my good one, though. Okay. <laughs> and neither is Source Code with, okay. with Jake Gyllenhaal, which uh-huh. I absolutely love. My good, or mm-hmm. my favorite train movie of all time is 310 to Yuma. Ooh, wait, original or remake? Remake. Really? Yes. I And, and we've, uh, those times before movies where we talk, mm-hmm. I do a top 10 list and then we come in and somebody says, I can't believe I've, you put to, uh, 310 to Yuma at the mm-hmm. top, whatever list it was, Christian Bale, Russell Crowe list. Right. Um, I abs- it's funny. I don't, I don't interview celebrities. Mm-hmm. I don't do the press junkets, junkets. I rarely watch bonus features when I'm watching the Blu-ray. Okay. I like to see the movie, give my opinion on the movie and get out. That's like, yeah. and there's some movies that I just, if it was another two hours long, I'd watch every second of it mm-hmm. and I would dig into any of the bonus features just so I could have more of that film. 310 to Yuma is one of those movies. I, I, I've seen it two dozen times. I just wow. love the performances in it. I mm-hmm. love the relationship between Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they're trying to get Russell Crowe and, and uh, Ben Foster. Ben Foster is tremendous. Tremendous in that film. Uh, I just, I don't know why. I, I still don't know why. I love Westerns. Mm-hmm. I love you know, yeah. I love all good movies, um, but but uh, or most good movies. Uh, but this one just, it just resonated with me. It's just like I was, I was in that world and I loved... Um, the camaraderie. Be- I love the relationship that's built between Christian Bale's character, who's trying to get Russell Crowe's desperado mm-hmm. uh, to the 310 to Yuma to get him on the train right. to take him to prison, while Ben Foster is trying to foil uh, Russell Crowe's right hand guy yeah. is trying to foil uh, his uh, Christian Bale's plans and save his boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but just how the alliances kind of change throughout that movie, and and the relationships that are built, and and off of respect, and, and it's just I think it's fantastic. Nice. I would watch it right now again if I could. Three times. I have seen that a few times. It continues to blow me away. Uh, I know that with the recent release, actually, it's still not nationwide for whatever reason. They're taking their time with it with Hostiles. Oh right, Christian Bale. Yeah, Ben Foster in another western. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, okay. Ben, have you seen it yet? Yeah. Okay. I saw it that like the first screening. Like, oh, did you really? Okay. Two months ago, almost. Oh like, wow. It was a while ago. Yeah. And then they sent us a screener copy mm-hmm. of it. And then they're still, I don't even know if it is playing in Seattle yet. That's and a good question. And like nationwide, I think it expands like January 26th. And yeah. It's like, okay. The end of the year rollouts are so weird. I mean, now that yeah. we know what screeners we got and when we can review something and mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, you it know, is keep a, your calendar it is a, tight. <laughs> well, plus it is a constant guessing game yeah. um, with, because yeah, we will see something in the theater and they're like, okay, embargo. And we're like, all right, cool. Then the studio will send it to us, and we're like, "So it has been an interesting <laughs> yeah. thing." But okay, Fun so though. so your first choice, so good is three ten to Yuma. Yes, I like it. Thank you. All right, I'm excited to see what you say. Excellent. So right off the top, three ten to Yuma, great film. 
So that falls in your good category. Uh, my good for these, this train-related episode of About to Review is a film from 2016, Train to Busan. Now, this is a South Korean zombie film that is tremendous. So, I love zombie films, Mm -hmm. so it already had me there. The storyline is basically, there's kind of this uh, out-of-touch father who has a young daughter, obviously separated from the mother. She wants to go hang out with the mom. There's this drama, and he was like, fine, I'll take time out of my busy schedule and get on the train to Busan to go see her. In the middle of all of this, a zombie outbreak happens. Now, this zombie outbreak, this is like the 28 days later. Or not, uh, I mean, as far as an infection, Mm -hmm. because you never really know what caused it. Similar to 28 days later, it is just like, okay, this is happening, zombie outbreak. These are fast zombies, which is even more (laughs) terrifying. And the transmission of the disease or the outbreak is almost immediate. So when these zombies attack somebody and they start biting them and chewing them, within like 10 seconds, that person jumps up. They're now infected. They're a zombie. Okay. Kind of like World War Z. Yeah. Yeah. Fast out. Yeah. Okay. Like very, very fast. Yeah. And they do the same type of thing in, in this that they do in World War Z where when you get this horde of zombies running and they will start tripping over each other and there's just this ball of yeah. just frenetic zombie <laughs> horde coming at you. Right. Terrifying. Yeah. And this whole movie pretty much takes place on this one train. They, I mean, they kind of run to a different train here and there. This movie is super intense. It has great relationships because it is all about, you know, this father basically learning how to protect his daughter because he is pretty disconnected from her. And so, you know, he learned how to do that. Yeah. Throughout this movie, the villain in this movie is not the zombies. It's not a ball of zombies. No. Okay. It is one guy who is just this jerk of a guy who is constantly just making things worse. Okay. Basically in almost every disaster movie, you have that one guy mm-hmm. who was like, no, we should lock this door. And they're, Oh, but there are people on the other side. That guy. Okay. He is in this movie throughout and he has a great, just kind of not even arc, but the way that he stays consistent throughout the movie and he is always that jerk. There is no redeeming moment for him. Like he is the true villain of this, not the zombies. Yeah. But Train to Busan from 2016, I think it is still on Netflix right now. Highly, highly recommend it for anybody who, I mean, this is not only just a great kind of action movie. This is one of my favorite zombie movies. Oh, man. Okay. So I take it you have not seen it? I have not seen it, but I remember remember last, or 2016, when Mm -hmm. the top 10 list started popping up. You know, I always look at our local group. I remember uh, Brent McKnight. Yep. Uh, had it. He might have had it as number one. I remember Tim Hall had it on his list. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what this movie. I've never even heard of this movie. So I, 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 I with three kids at home, I edit <laughs> stuff out, right? I see mm-hmm. what I think when I talk on the radio, that what the masses right. are, know about, you know? And if I do Train to Busan, maybe that's something that nobody's going to have heard of and mm-hmm. they're not going to be interested and they won't care what I say. Uh, <laughs> right. But then I saw it on all these lists and I'm like, okay, I got to see this movie. I never got around to it because we always have movies to see. And now that you're talking about it now, and now that you say that it's on Netflix, I will watch it. Yeah. Uh, it is amazing. Okay. I'm Excellent. In. All right, cool. So moving on to bad. Uh, so for those of you who are listening for the first time, because you know 
that Brian the Movie Guy is going to be on this podcast, and you're like, <laughs> I listen to everything he does. I'm going to listen to this random podcast called About to Review. You're talking about my mom right now. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the rating system for the podcast, whenever I talk about movies, is good, bad, or ugly. So with these bad train films, these are mainly train films that were either disappointing or that there's something about them that did not quite work. They, they were close you know, to working, but something failed, whether it was production or just script acting. So that is how we will structure the bad train films. Go ahead with your okay. bad choice. I think I get this. Um, <laughs> Again, I like having a rating system that is original that I have to explain on every single episode. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, this was an interesting one because I have, because I hate this movie. Wow. But there's one I hate more. So Ooh. that made it to the ugly status. Okay. I yep. moved. This one got upgraded to bad. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting because it has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it came out in 2010, I believe. Okay. It stars Chris Pine and the great Denzel Washington. It's called uh-huh. Unstoppable. Yep. Which people seem to love. And I think it. I guess the reason I moved it up to bad was because it is Denzel and Chris Pine. And mm-hmm. they have a nice relationship in the movie. Like they, they do a good job and they're they're the only thing that makes that movie watchable. Right. It is awful. From this run it's a ru- runaway train, mm-hmm. right? I think it's Chris Pine's first day on the job with Something Denzel, like that. who's the veteran train driver. Conductor, conductor engineer, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But it's like a freight train, right? It's not it's not they're not carrying Oh, humans. right, right. No. No, they, they no they, they did. They, yeah, there are. There yeah. are Boy Scouts or something on it. Of course. <laughs> I mean, this we, train, need, we need some innocence on this train yeah. to potentially destroy. But the, the, the scenes that stick out to me are, and if I had a pen and pad in the theater, I would have written this down. Right. Um, when they try and get a, I think the, I don't know who tries to get it, but they try to get uh, someone on there to help fix the train. Mm-hmm. And they have a helicopter hovering above. Of and course. They dangle the guy down on the rope and he's trying to get on this fast train and he bonks his head and gets knocked <laughs> out. And like... Just get someone on the train, right? right? Like, oh, did you hit your head? Okay, get someone else who can do it, who's not going to be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that The fact that they couldn't get anybody on the train, I thought was But there was one guy. One guy. Who knew how to fix it. Right. He bonked his head, shoot. Um, and then the only real piece of action in that movie mm-hmm. is, when, is when there's the guy with the horse trailer who's got a horse, and he's he's the car dies on the middle of the tracks. Oh, yeah. And if they don't get that horse out of the way he's going to be splattered all over the track like that was a that was a big action scene he's like the horse is fighting him he's trying to get him out of the cage and just as he gets the horse away the train plows through that little tinfoil right uh horse carrier thing thing. just it was so stupid and horses horses and animals are smart right if they sense (laughs) danger like a giant train coming at 70 miles per hour they're probably going to move yeah and I love I love the cutaway shots of uh, Denzel's daughters who are seeing this all unfold in the news. Uh, th- they're working at Hooters or something. I don't know. Which just <laughs> said the whole thing is ridiculous, and and it's got an eighty four percent. There's people out there that like it, but I'm like, there's no tension here. There's no there's two fun performances. Mm-hmm. You know, confined in a train. Great dialogue between those two. Right. Everything peripheral. Everything else outside of that is ridiculous. Every piece of it. Okay. And I hate that movie uh but i'm gonna say that it's just bad but there's one that you hate more (laughs) yes interesting okay uh my bad choice i might get some flack for this uh both from the listeners and from the person who's in the studio with me oh my goodness my bad is from uh what year is it 2011 
Source Code with Jake oh Gyllenhaal. Oh my goodness. Uh, I've so, got to go. <laughs> so Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal wakes up on a train. He is very dis- discombobulated, trying to figure out what is going on. The train explodes. He wakes up in uh, a machine type situation, a capsule, and he's trying to figure out what was happening, talking to some military supervisors on a video screen. So then various turn of events, he ends up back on the train. And so in my head, I was like, okay, this is kind of a time travel sci-fi type movie. I'm in for it. Turns out it was not really time travel, more alternate universe type thing, but I was, I was still in for it. I, I really enjoyed this movie until it turned into a love story, until it turned into destiny and fate. And I was like, come on. <laughs> like you had a unique, like this is something that even though it is kind of a sci-fi trope of sending a soldier, you know, either back in time or back to, you know, back to somewhere where they can fix something to help in the future has been done a million times. This was a unique twist though. And I was really digging it until it just, it got away from that and just became about, but I need to save her. Right. And blah. No, you do not. Jack Gyllenhaal. Uh, it was just, it had a lot of potential. I liked where it was going. Yeah. Uh, the action was great. Like every, there are so many things about this movie that I really liked. But that third act, when it just became about destiny and fate and love, just, you Didn't know. Work. All right, that's fine, whatever. So, uh, but what is, what is interesting <laughs> you is... You heartless bastard. <laughs> right? uh, Vera Formiga, or mm-hmm. Farmiga, is in this film as Captain something. Yeah. She is also in The Commuter, that we will review in a bit. Apparently, she loves train movies. Sure. Because this is her second movie. Yeah. So... Hopefully she loves train movies. Let's keep her coming back just for train movies. I don't know. Yeah, well, why not? There's only two. I mean, seems to be a lot of train type movies. But yeah, so Source Code from 2011. Uh, Again, a lot of sci-fi intrigue, a lot of cool stuff. Turned into a love story, and it lost me. I'm glad I didn't make it my good. Oh yeah, officially make it. We're gonna fight. Which as soon as you said that, I was like, (laughs) you said 310 to Yuma. Oh no. I would have flipped this table or I don't know, something. <laughs> right. Because I've been something drinking bad. all morning. So, yeah, so have I. But it is just tea because, again, dear listeners, uh, I'm, I'm drinking tea right now and not the other thing that I drink that starts with the tea normally, which is tequila. It is like hot tea. It oh. is weird. Recording on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but uh, again, being adults and being people with schedules and lives, adulting sucks. <laughs> adulting is hard. Weird. Yeah. So. Anyway, all right, so moving on from our bad films to the ugly train-related movies. So you already said that you hated this film. Yeah. That is in your ugly. What is it? I, You know what? Now, now that I think about it, I should have put Unstoppable as my ugly. Because when I started talking about it, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I really hate this movie. Right. Uh, but this one's pretty bad, too. Wild Wild West. Oh, come on. <laughs> I should have flipped him now no, that I think about it. You should have flipped Wild Old West into good. What are you talking uh, about? It's so, I don't know. It I is, mean. <laughs> it's it, such a dumb movie, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I let's. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't. I wasn't a fan. I mean, I had so many. I, not so many. I had a couple for this. Under Siege 2. But then I was going to put that. But then I thought, no, that one's like really cheesy fun. Uh, you know, Steven Seagal, Casey Ryback. Uh, but yeah, I'll go wild. I'll just, I'll just run with it. So I get a Western is my good. A Western is my ugly. 
which fits into the theme of mm-hmm. and ugly. Um, I just it's just so cheesy and over the top, and it's like it's like they just got away from them, and they just mm-hmm. kept going bigger, 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 bigger. And it's I think there's parts of it that are fun to watch. Uh, Will Smith as a cowboy, mm-hmm. being as Will Smithy as he can be, of course, uh, yeah. which I do like. Oh hell no! Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just this movie doesn't like. It's one that if it's on, if it's on cable, I'll uh, I'll just be like, oh no, I'm not watching that. I, I think I've seen it twice, maybe. Okay, um, but it just. It's just so goofy and over the top. I have and, no idea what you're talking about. Just because there's a giant spider, spider monster. Yeah. Locomotive spider lo- monster. Locomotive yeah. steampunk, steampunk spider monster. Yeah, steampunk spider monster. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, and I had so much more to say about Unstoppable. And with Wild Wild West, it's just like, I don't know. It's just not good. It's not a good movie. Okay. So. I think, I mean, the reason that I might have any sort of affinity towards it. Yeah. That was when Will Smith was really starting to like kind of peak with movies around the men in black time. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he at that point could do no wrong. It hit me at the right age. Yes, it was dumb, but it was, it was also Will Smith and it was just, it was funny. It had a great song. Will oh, Smith. Had a great song. Yeah. This was back when Will Smith, every movie he did, he was like, <laughs> I got the song for you. So yeah, okay. I do like the song. Yeah. I wish I had more to say on it. I just don't, I, it's, it just didn't do anything for me. And I mean, I can do over the top and cheesy. I mean, all mm-hmm. those things. I just think it was a, um, a perfect storm of all that stuff that just didn't work for me. Although some Hayek and it was Oof. not ugly. Um, no, no, she uh, is not. And I love Kevin Klein and mm-hmm. he's been uh, Kenneth Brown. I had all these people all, that had yeah. the parts, mm-hmm. but then I think it just tried to be too, uh, I don't know. It just tried to be too much of what it should have been. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, dude. <laughs> like, that makes uh, sense. But yeah, I just okay. it, they kept they kept up in the ante, and and it just I think it went off the tracks. Nice. Mm. I was waiting Thank for you. that. Yeah. One of us is going to do it. <laughs> okay. So even though I slightly disagree with sure. your ugly choice, uh, it, it, first of all, no, it should not be a good film. It is ridiculous. But uh, my ugly film, and again, this has been mentioned. Uh, because I'm sure Brian and I each were Googling lists of train movies. My movie, in the ugly category, is from 1995, directed by Jeff Murphy, who also did Free Jack. The movie is Under Siege 2, oh, Dark okay. Territory. Good. Perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Steven Seagal, yeah. in a 90s film that is one of the most 90s films of all time, this movie is so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it also stars a young Catherine Heigl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is it. And then just a bunch of character actors yeah. that you have seen everywhere. Isn't it, the villains, uh, what is it, Eric Bogazian or, uh, yeah, it's something like that. Something he, like yeah, that. The guy from Talk Radio is the, the Talk Radio movie. But yeah, it's all high tech, right? It's a high tech satellite. <laughs> so, and they want, a mil- uh, they want a billion dollars. It's like the yeah. Dr. Evil. Well, it was a billion dollars and... Okay, so <laughs> the plot for this film, the movie starts with them launching a satellite into space. Perfect. And it is this imaging satellite that right in the beginning, so the guy who played uh, Red Foreman on that 70s show, uh, Kirkwood Smith. Yes, yeah, yeah. People kind of forget that before that 70s show, he played really serious, I mean, sometimes villainous roles, like in RoboCop. Yeah. Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he's a very stern actor. He, of course, can do comedy, as we saw in that '70s show. So it starts off with you know he is this general going into this 
military base that has some sort of scanning technology as opposed to like a thumbprint or retina scan. You see just lasers going over somebody's body. Sure. Okay, 1995. <laughs> yeah. So they walk in. They take control of this satellite. This is the government. So they're like, oh, good thing we have this because if this fell into the wrong hands, this is the first five minutes of the movie. And it was like, okay, so this is going to fall into the wrong hands. Yeah. <clears throat> they use this super advanced imaging satellite and you get two nerds on the computer. What is the first thing they do? They pull up video of a beach and a woman topless <laughs> using this multi-billion dollar satellite. And even one of the generals or whatever in the room was like, hey, hey, got stop, stop it. And it was like, are you serious right now? You have like five star generals and you have these guys on the computer pulling up a woman and it starts like zooming in on the beach with a giant cursor on the screen, which is hilarious. Zoom on, zooms in on the beach. She is laying face down and they're like, oh, she's turning over. She turns over. And it like starts unpixelating like back in the day with dial up modems. Yeah. Starts unpixelating. And you just see the, the front of this woman's chest uncovered in the first five minutes of the movie. And it was like, really 1995? Like, do we need to see this right up front? Yeah. So it goes from there. And let me pull up. Uh, I've just tried to pull up dark territory. That uh, under siege. That'll take you someplace completely <laughs> yeah. different. <laughs> Under Siege 2 Dark. Okay. So yeah, Eric Bogazian. So then it cuts to him, and he was the guy who was supposed to have died, and he created mm-hmm. the satellite. So, of course, he gets on a train that, of course, Steven Seagal happens to be yeah. on with his young niece, Catherine Heigl. They hijack the train. He is hijacking the satellite, and he wants a billion dollars. <laughs> Which, granted, in 1995, and it was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, the program, like, watching this now... Is just hilarious. All the laptops they have are gigantic. He is holding a CD-ROM, like a CD, and like it is the jewel of the Nile. Yeah, like all of the computer programming. He was like, you can fit so much onto this block. Like, oh my gosh! And it's sad too because Under Siege, it was pretty solid. Yeah, although in Under Siege, if I'm remembering correctly. You see a woman pop out of a cake. Is Erica that the one? Aleniac. Oh, of course, yeah. you remember. Well, uh, she was she was a big. Uh, I think she was a Sports Illustrated. Uh, she's also okay. an actress. Uh, she was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Yeah, of course I remember. It. Right. <laughs> so I remember that scene, which is uh, funny. That is the first scene that I go to. So this director, obviously, I mean, it was the nineties. They were like, "We need boobs," and I was like, "Yeah, sure." Even though this movie is rated R, so it was like, you're putting in those boobs for. People who could already... Like, they were 18 and over. Right. Anyway. So, it was just ridiculous. Uh, Steven Seagal. This is almost peak Steven Seagal, as in barely any facial expressions. Right. Just walks through. He did, Like, the hard part with Steven Seagal movies is he is a legitimate... Was. Was a legitimate martial artist. Uh-huh. When you watch some of the old videos from, like the 80s and 70s when he was first taking Aikido. You can pull them up on YouTube. Like, he was a legit martial artist. Yeah. Once he became an action star, man, did it, it just, <laughs> it went left. But some of the martial arts that are, that are in his movies are legitimate. So I was like, okay, like, I have a big problem with that when I watch movies and somebody gets somebody in like a rear naked choke and the choke is not right and you could get out of it in two seconds. Right. In these movies, I was like, okay, like, this is decent. But everything is foreshadowed from the beginning to the end. Catherine Heigl at one point, 
uh, does an Aikido move or she throws a guy in the hallway and then you see him kind of practicing it. Yeah, that same throw gets used like three different times. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think Erica Eliniak is in uh, Under Siege 2. I she? believe she shows up again, right? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to prove that. We'll I was like, if only there was I this, hope so. this, this machine. I don't think she is. Maybe not. I mean, there were some random, very, very good looking women on this train that yeah. you never have any character development right. on. They're just there. Yeah. And this is back in the time, too, when when uh, so I lived in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a few years uh, back in the early. What was it after da, 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 mid 90s, mid to late 90s? But I had a buddy who was worked for a talent agency there, a big one, mm-hmm. and he uh, he said the scripts that would come through there were crazy because the guy, <laughs> people would come in and pitch them, and they say, "Well, it's Die Hard on a boat. Well, it's right. Die Hard um, <laughs> at a circus. Well, it's Die Hard." Like it kept doing that mm-hmm. until they got far, uh, far enough away from it where some guys actually came in and pitched a story that they described as Die Hard in a building. Wow, <laughs> which See, is Die Hard, which is because you made that joke somewhere. You're like, it's like Die Hard in a building, and I was like, wait, wait so, so that actually is a real that's that that's wow. yeah because they just you know everyone starts that's what's selling that's you know right. like this dark territory is Die Hard on a bus or Die Hard on a train. on a train yeah pretty much I mean and all of these train movies both in the ones that we have talked about and in the commuter the themes are the same so either like with source code and with commuter. It is there is somebody on this train that should not be there. And you need to find out who dark territory is like, there is this tech guy on the train who has, you know, connected yeah. to a satellite. You need to find him. Like they're all the same, <laughs> but with dark territory, like 1995, you wouldn't, you could not have a 1995 action movie without, I think part of the studio notes. I'm sure in these scripts was, all right, we need at least 10 dudes getting punched in the balls. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you had people getting punched, kicked. Like that was everybody's go-to move <laughs> in the nineties. I'll take a man movies. down. That'll take not a bad really because even in this, like Steven Skull will do it, and that same guy is up like thirty seconds later. That's true. Or that completely takes him out of the fight because yeah. again, this is back when one punch and suddenly, or like not even a punch, he would throw somebody. They would hit the ground, and you would never see them. Yeah. And it was like, so that was enough. Yeah, so dumb. So yeah, Dark Ter- Under Siege Two, Dark Territory, nineteen ninety-five. Is my absolute ugly okay. for, for train-related movies. I'll approve that one. Uh, the other thing that I liked about it, though, so this also right around the time when stealth fighters and stealth technology was really big, which is funny because all of them had been made decades before. They're just finally becoming declassified. Yeah. So I was, a, I was a kid who used to make models. And so like the F-117A stealth fighter, the dual box design, the B-2 stealth bomber, both of those were in this film. So, of course, when I saw it when I was younger, I was like, this is the greatest movie <laughs> of all time. Rewatching it, you the reason stealth fighters are so uh, prevalent, and they were back then, is they can be at 50,000 feet and take out whatever. Yeah. Take out something on the ground. In this, the government sends a stealth fighter, an F-117A, to go blow up the train. As it is coming in to blow up the train... Eric Bogacina on the train activates the satellite and blows it up. The stealth fighter is like 10 feet above the train. <laughs> and I was like, what? You were not crop dusting. You were not in a biplane. There's no reason for that stealth fighter to be anywhere near that. Yeah. I, it made no sense. So, You're spending way too much time on I this know. 
but sometimes the ugly films are the best to talk mm. about. So. It's true. All right, so that that kind of wraps it up for our good, bad, and ugly yeah. train movies. So recap again. So you're good. Three Ten to Yuma. All right. The remake. The remake. Yes. Christian Bale, Ben Foster. Absolutely mm-hmm. great. You're bad. Unstoppable, which should be my ugly. Yeah, there, there might be some switching. Yeah. And then you're ugly. Wild, wild west. I'm sorry. It Apologies is, to you, the host. It, it is all right. <laughs> uh, so my good, Train to Busan. It is on Netflix. Absolutely check it out. I will. My bad, source code, because it had a chance to be great. It almost was if they were going to start doing franchisey stuff with this. Nope, that that's that stopped immediately. And my ugly was Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. I was looking forward to the uh, source code Happy Meals. Ooh. Like that, right? Are you talking like they're going to... I mean, gonna, it, was, yeah, it was one of the things that, like, where they were kind of layering stuff in the movie where maybe they're starting to plan ahead. Cause this oh, is yeah. 2011. Yeah. So that had already Planting been... Planting seeds for... Yeah. Uh, no. No. That, that went nowhere. <laughs> okay. So now on to the review yes. of the new film, 2018. <laughs> Uh, Liam Neeson film, The Commuter. Now, The Commuter is directed by Jamie Collette Sarah. And in my research, uh, I found out that this is the fourth, yes, the fourth movie that Liam Neeson has done with the same director. Why, uh, why not make this a franchise? Why not just do it? Because all of these movies, uh, let me pull them up. So he did Unknown with Liam Neeson. Run All Night. Uh, I think not was Nonstop. Was that another Liam Neeson one? Yeah. Uh, yep, that was the one where he was an air marshal. Uh-huh. Like, again, the whole diehard on a plane, trains, automobiles, right. whatever. Liam Neeson is a legitimate action star. When he started doing the Taken films and people were like, oh, he's just tried to be an action star. He always has been. Like, yeah. when you watch uh, Darkman or Rob Roy... Like, action yeah. has been his thing. Batman Begins. But, like, he can do it. Yeah. But, man, he just... I respect him because it seems like he just likes to work. Yeah. He likes the craft. He likes to be on set. How many of these ridiculous action movies can one actor do that are exactly the same? Right. So, Taken was awesome. Taken... Yeah, I mean, it was great. And Taken that, 2 is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Really? I wish that took, play a, a, took place on a train because that would have <laughs> been my ugly. Be yeah. And then they made a third. It was like, okay, his daughter gets kidnapped, his wife gets kidnapped, and then he gets kidnapped in the third <laughs> one. And it was like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the commuter. Yes. He plays an insurance salesman mm-hmm. uh, who gets laid off after 10 years and he was five years away from retirement. He gets on a train. Like the whole plot is in the trailer. Uh, Vera Farmiga shows up and offers him $100,000 to find somebody on the train who should not be there and get them off of the train. Hijinks ensue, <laughs> and this action movie becomes so dull so quickly. Mm-hmm. What, did you, what did you think about it? I feel the exact same way. I, you know what I... One of the parts I loved the most about it was the intro, right? Uh, if you remember, it just as they're doing the opening credits, mm-hmm. and they show Liam Neeson and his, you know, the the his every this is his routine, everyday right. routine, and they they showed him uh, waking up, getting ready, pouring coffee, talking to his wife and kids in the kitchen, and then mm-hmm. heading out of the house. But it was all edited 
like it had taken place over 10 days. So he's always, each scene, he's got a different tie on or he's got mm-hmm. doing something. The weather uh, changes. The weather changes, yeah. Mm-hmm. The seasons change. I thought that was a really interesting way to just convey, hey, this is this guy's everyday routine, mm-hmm. right? I thought, oh, that's an inter- I haven't seen that before. So it was interesting to me. I hadn't seen it done quite that way. Yeah, it was, it was clever, but it yeah. was also one of the things where I was like, after the third or fourth like, <laughs> alar- <get> <laughs> alarm stop thing, I was like, okay, yeah, like the, that's the film is called The Commuter. We get that this is his routine. <laughs> like, and it, it went on for quite Ooh. like five minutes yeah. of like, we kind of, there yeah. were some clever uh, shots. Like when he was going through uh, the large train station mm-hmm. and you see like the rush of people going around him and it ends up with just him. Like, yeah, there are some clever moments, but the hitting the alarm like five times, right. the kitchen stuff, it was clever, but it, it again, it yes. was, that's fair. You, that's it, fair. It could have cut at least a minute or so off. Yeah. That's totally fair. Um, I, you know, I just, uh, <laughs> this movie, it's weird too, cause I mentioned Taken 2, right? Mm-hmm. Taken 2 was such an awful movie, but I had such a great time watching it. Mm. Our critics wrote at that time, we were like, we were audible in our right. laughter of the, the asinine things that were happening. <laughs> right. And it became this fun thing. I've never seen the movie again. I don't care to, mm-hmm. but cause it won't beat that experience yeah, no. of laughing at it out loud. Um, this one gets there a couple of times, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it is just so dull. It's like, yeah, it's how many times can we watch Liam Neeson hit his alarm, but also just go up and down the train looking for something that's, that's as vague to him mm-hmm. as it is to us. Like, Okay, what a person what and, a, and a bag. And a bag, and then get them off the train. Okay, and you just—I don't know. And he's—he's he's showing his age. I don't, I don't, is he sixty-five? Oof. Uh, let me pull Sorry. it up. <laughs> I'm just throwing that. Yeah. Um, he's looking—he's looking his age now, and and um, you know, I heard some people say, "Oh, this is this for it's a January movie. This is classic B-level cheese. This is better than we deserve in January." And Ooh. and I'm like, we don't deserve <laughs> 66. this. Sixty-six. Sixty-six. Okay. He's starting to he's starting to show a little bit the little bit uh, yeah but I just I found the whole thing just to be this kind of uh, um, monotonous dull <laughs> dry and so ha- halfway through the movie I'm thinking okay what's my pun gonna be mm-hmm. <laughs> and then afterwards I was like okay murder on the Disorient Express nice thank you nailed it <laughs> uh, nailed it I should have just left then right um, but yeah it's just. You're not. I wasn't engaged at all throughout the movie. At mm-hmm. first, when Vera shows up and gives her, "This is what you're doing," I tried to follow along what she was getting at, mm-hmm. and and um, and then it becomes so ridiculous at at the end, <laughs> just with the yeah the the, re- the reveal. Okay. <laughs> but it was also so. There are three other actors in this: Vera Formiga, Sam Neill, and Patrick Wilson. Yeah, who I am pretty sure the entire time they were on set. And filming two days, maybe. Maybe. So, I mean, good for them because, I mean, yeah, y- you got a good check. They're barely in this film. Yeah. Sam Neill has this, uh, he's not a, he's a captain now, like of these cops who may or may not be shady cops. <laughs> as soon as there's a scene with him and Patrick Wilson in a bar, I was like, okay, one of them is the bad guy. Right. Like, immediately. Yeah. Like, why are they even... Like, I just do not get it. Yeah. These are roles that could very easily go to some young up-and-coming actors. Like, there is no reason that they needed to be there. 
Sam Neill, I mean, maybe because you need that older kind of like same age almost as Liam Neeson. Right. They work together. You know, you can have that dynamic, but man. Yeah. Maybe they have a, a someone you know only because you'll, I don't know. Maybe no, you think about Taken. Like, yeah. Oh, that's true. Taken yeah. and Taken, to, like in all three of those, those are pretty much all no-name people except yeah. for him. You can do it. Like yeah, you can have, <laughs> yeah, you can have a movie with one big star. Yeah. And maybe like one of like Vera Formiga is very recognizable. Uh, she might not be the, you know, first thing that people think of, but like she is recognizable, but Sam Neill, like he is such a striking presence in everything he does. Yeah. He feels completely wasted in this. Yeah. <laughs> and Patrick Wilson as his former uh, partner, we never really understand why Liam yeah. Neeson is not a detective anymore because it was like he is not old enough to retire because he went into insurance sales and yeah. was five years away from retirement. So there's never development, even with the main character, let alone all of these random characters we get. Yeah. Yeah. That was just bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the other things. So when they, when the, there's a, a standoff mm-hmm. and the train, you know, they're trying to figure out who has this bag and what is going to happen. And there are snipers in position. Uh, this sniper apparently has an x-ray thermographic scope on his <laughs> rifle. It was like, okay, that does not exist. That is not a thing at all. And he used x-raying through these layers of the train. Like, it was bananas. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be... Towards the end, and I, 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 struggling to not give anything away, but right. but uh, it it started feeling a little bit like speed, like Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, speed oh, for towards sure. the end, like we're gonna jump it, you know, we're gonna jump the track or whatever. I'm just like, oh, please don't do it. And mm-hmm. it, it, to their credit, they don't really go there, but it becomes so ridiculous mm-hmm. at the end. I love too the which is a which is a quintessential, um, I guess, uh, late '80s. Uh, early 90s thing is mm-hmm. when you have when something goes down in an action movie um, towards the end you have the aftermath right and all the ambulances right. that are there and somebody's sitting there they're getting bandaged up by another while they're talking to a, a family member or somebody mm-hmm. else and then that person who is just at the at the epicenter of all this madness just gets up and gets to leave yeah okay let's go home all right Oh, one second. I got to say one more thing. <laughs> right. And then they go and punch somebody or they go and hug somebody or, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, again, in Die Hard, it's awesome. Right. But it's just, they're copying that whole mm-hmm. thing. So I, it's, it's even, it's, even in the intense moments. Yeah. We were just kind of bored. It's like you yeah. mentioned it earlier. Like it was just kind of dull. Like even when crazy stuff was happening, it was so unbelievable that it was not engaging. Yeah. It's like at one point. You see Liam Neeson kind of falling halfway up the train and he is by the tracks. No, no, he might fall. But it is shot so darkly Mm -hmm. that you cannot really tell what is going on. And you can tell it is just on a green screen or something. So it was like there was no danger there. Yeah. Like in that moment that should have been pretty intense, we cannot really tell what was going on. And when you could tell, it was just done Was that when his bag was kind of caught? We yeah. just came back. Oh, yeah. It was just like, okay, just get on the train, dude. Like, right. and we know you're going to get on the train. Just get on the train. Pretty much. So, yeah. It's just, yeah. I wish I wish there was more there to, to laugh at mm-hmm. or to make it just an awful movie. Um, <laughs> it is 
pretty awful, but right. but not. Yeah, he's just not engaging. It's just monotonous, and 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 he's going back and forth, and he's looking at numbers and t- like it just b- like the same trains. Yeah, back and forth, and for whatever reason, they took two shots that were interesting uh, at at people or at companies. So there is an investment banker uh, on on the train. Oh, yeah. oh, that was actually why because that might be I think why he went into insurance. Is because they lost everything in 2008. Yeah. Whatever. So there's this like slimy investment baker on the train that Liam Neeson, like he already kind of knows who he is. And then at one point walks past him, leans back, flips him off. And was like, F you golden sacks. Yeah. From, like, from middle, uh, from what is it? Middle class. Does yeah. Say, from like, from the middle class. Yeah. F you golden sacks. And is almost looking directly at the camera. And it right. was like, <laughs> okay, this director has some, or the writer, somebody yeah. has some issues. Uh, they took like two shots at millennials yep. on this. And it was like, who is this movie for? <laughs> like, it was just bizarre. This is another one of the films similar to Kidnap from last year with Halle Berry, which was awful. Didn't see it. Oh, dodge that t- bullet. Terrible. <laughs> if you are watching this on Netflix, while doing something else, like if you're cleaning the kitchen, uh, I think Sarah, another local critic, was like, if you're folding laundry yeah, and this is on, sure. That's my, she doesn't, that, I say that all the time. That's my line. <laughs> oh, there you go. Great movie to fold laundry to. <laughs> yeah. So it just like, in the moments of Sorry, intensity. Sorry, Sarah, maybe that's yours. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the moments of intensity, it was just, it was still dumb. Yeah. It was still unbelievable. Uh, so. To the rating system uh-huh. of the podcast, good, bad, or ugly, uh, even though I kind of explained it before, but a good film is something that you would recommend to a friend that you left the theater kind of happy about. A bad film, not something you would immediately recommend, but it did not make you angry. Ugly, avoid at all costs. You, you kind of hated it. So, Brian, the movie guy, yes. uh, your first official rating on the About to Review podcast, which unfortunately is for a movie, The Commuter. <laughs> what is your rating? I will give it one and a half <laughs> baskets of laundry. Okay. Uh, no, I, I'll go. You know what? I'm going to go bad. Okay. I'm not going to go ugly because you could sit there and fold laundry or do whatever. You can mm-hmm. vacuum, right? We <laughs> don't even much. hear it. Um, I think when it's on and I, judging by the reaction to from the audience we saw it with, uh, they applauded at the end. So I don't get that. I don't maybe. Hey, free movie. All right. Great. Um, you and I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> We go to a lot of movies, you know, these advanced screenings, uh, you know, with the public and, and everything. The amount of times people clap at the end of a movie. That's true. I think really is just, I think you nailed it. They're like, hey, sweet. We saw a movie, yeah, a free movie right. for two hours. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll give some applause up for that. Sure. And the studio executives are not there. The studio reps are, and they have to write that down. Yeah. But Good like, fan reaction. <sighs> yeah. Well, so I would go, I would go, I would say bad. Close okay. to ugly. Because in my grading system, mm-hmm. I gave it a D plus. Oh, um, <laughs> that is... But D plus is like, here's what I learned with the grades. Never okay. give a C. Really? Never give a C. That's a, um, a completely average. Like, just... like it doesn't tell anybody anything. Gotcha. Hey, I'm right on the middle of the fence. You know? <laughs> Take um, my advice. When I started on radio, uh, uh, Kent Phillips told me, he said, if you come in here every week and give something an A or an F, I'd love that. Just go hmm. A or F, A or F. 
and and I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah, something that's you know, pretty binary. Like, yeah. there needs to be a middle ground, like good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. Trademark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he said, yeah, don't ever give anything a C. It's middle of the road. Doesn't tell anybody anything. So I've branched off. My like a C plus would be. It's average. You should probably check it out. Okay. Uh, C minus would be it's average. Maybe, but don't don't bust your butt to do it. And so D plus is like <laughs> there were some things in it that were okay and kept me mildly engaged for seconds at a time. <laughs> Moments. Um, yeah. But it's but yeah. So I would go bad. Okay. I had a professor in college who is the only teacher I have ever known who gave F pluses. Oh, <laughs> It was brutal. It was some like anthropology class, but it was like, because it was all just point based. Right. And so technically, if you got that, and I remember going to her door and like she would post grades because I'm old. So she would post them like on her door and it would be like, so-and-so F plus. And it's like, oof, you <laughs> failed, but you did a good job at failing. It was rough. No, no, it's an F plus. Look right. Uh, okay. So my rating for, for the commuter, I got to go bad as well. Okay. It is not a it is not a completely terrible movie. No. And again, if you are doing something else and this is on, go for it. Like I usually have my iPad up in the kitchen if I'm making dinner, just watching stuff. Mm-hmm. Put this on there, you are fine. This is not I I cannot in good conscience tell somebody you should spend $15 to go see this in the theater. Yeah. A- absolutely not. You can watch this on an iPad, you can watch this on your home TV. And be totally yeah. Don't even do fine. matinee, right? Like I no. wouldn't even say matinee. <laughs> Not even that. Watch it on your phone and yeah, be that, done. Pretty that, much. If you want to say that you saw it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, it, if you're a big Liam Neeson fan, he has some great moments. Uh, even at 66, like he can still do action. Yeah, or they can cut it. <laughs> oh, <hell. laughs> or they can edit it to make it look like he's doing some action. No, he threw some good punches in there. Do some good couple, punches. Yeah. Uh, some of the action w- was decent. Mm-hmm. The fact that characters in this small contained area, there are only maybe 15 to 20 characters and we do not know who any of them are. Right. And they disappear. Like there is a character in the second, in the first and second act, this older woman that he talks to a few times, she disappears. You do not see her. And it was like, okay, everybody is on this side of the train. Just ridiculous. And there's there's one of the cars in the train is uh, well the AC is out in this one, so you conveniently have an empty tra- empty car mm-hmm. um, that you can have whatever you want happen in that particular one if you need him to be alone for a minute or right or know. get into a fight. Like the fact that so much goes on and a lot of people don't even pay attention. He comes back to his seat like bloody and beat <laughs> up more than once, and people are like. You doing all right? You doing all right? <laughs> uh, I'm just looking for somebody. And it was like, what happened? Uh, okay. Good <laughs> like, luck. What? I think the uh, one of the conductors uh, was pretty funny. He had a he had a oh, yeah. smart ass roles. Uh, there are smart smart ass lines that, mm-hmm. that I will that actually landed right that worked kind of in a goofy way. It did because it was so different from the rest of the film. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it, you know. Um, I that was you know I think I chuckled. Huh. There was a guy behind us, like three rows yeah, back. Yeah, going crazy. Man. So again, in these in these advanced screenings, you get people, you know, who are clapping. This guy was laughing. Yeah. Like he was having the time of his life at a movie that really was not that funny. Right. I'd <laughs> like to see him in a good movie. Like Right. And it was one of those things where if your movie is not a comedy and somebody is laughing that hard, something else <laughs> is disconnected because that is that is rough. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we both gave the commuter a bad. All right. 
So that that kind of wraps it up for for this week's episode. I definitely want to to thank uh, Brian for for coming down to the studio. It is something we have been trying to work out <laughs> for a while. Yeah. But again, adulting is hard. Yes. So I appreciate that you, that you made the time to come down to the studio. I appreciate and- that you kept inviting me. Uh, Even course. though I say no, no, no. <laughs> right. How much do I get? How much am I getting paid? No. Yeah, after going off about like, I only do stuff for money. And I was like, <laughs> so I can pay you in tea. <laughs> uh, I don't even do that because you already had coffee when I you came coffee, over. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find you on the social media? And what are some things coming up for you? Yeah. So social media, Facebook, it is Brian the Movie Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, it is at Movie Guy Brian because mm-hmm. Brian the Movie Guy was too long and didn't work. Oh yeah, yeah. For those purposes, so I had to figure something out creatively. <laughs> right. um, and I have, you know, I have a website. I'm rebuilding. Once I started doing meme reviews, and mm-hmm. and they're housed in Instagram, and they're, yeah. um, I stopped doing. I just didn't keep up with the website because it was mm-hmm. a, it was so much stuff, and I wasn't driving people there. Um, anyways, because I was doing the meme reviews, yeah. but I'm working on putting the website together. So it will be brandthemovieguy.com, but, uh, um, just as a place to house them, you know, and I'll get to it at some point, but okay. since they don't drive people there, I'm like, eh, I mean, yeah, no they rush. are so easily accessible from yeah. all of your social media. One thing again, that I really like about Brian stuff is when you go to his Instagram page, I'm a big fan of formatting for social media. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is the proper formatting. You can just look at his Instagram page and all the movies are there. It is a very similar format. The grades are very prevalent and you can just go through. So there's other stuff too, but I, it's mostly movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple pictures of my kids. Right. Um, I do love the, the top lists that you do. You will do. Yeah. Top 10 Westerns, uh, top 10 kind of films that the Seattle film critics kind of put together. You kind of had a rating system there. I was not part of that, but that is okay. But that's your own, <laughs> that's your fault. That's true. I asked. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I really like all right? the Right? I mean, that's right, right? Yeah. Like, if you had a top 10, yeah, I would do it. I, I still have not it. done a top 10. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then radio. So for people locally yeah. listening. Uh, I'm on Fridays, all in mornings, afternoons on Como News Radio, which is uh, AM 1000, and then FM 97.7. I'm on Star 101.5 okay. FM, and then KVI Talk Radio occasionally. That's a conservative talk station. So when I see, um, like next week, we're going to be seeing uh, 12 Strong, which is- Yeah, a, I'm not saying that. Uh, okay. But it's a military-focused <laughs> movie. So when I do that one, I'll go on KVI and talk about it. Uh, if you're in Denver, I'm on uh, uh, KOA News Talk oh, nice. Radio. And uh, and then other places, but okay. all over social media. And I was going to say one thing about the top 10 list. Top mm-hmm. 10 lists um, were a good way for, you know, because I'm doing stuff every Friday. Right. Posting reviews on Friday, uh, doing the radio stuff on Friday. Top 10 lists were an easy way to to strike up conversation, right? Because mm-hmm. you're always wrong. These of are my course. top 10s. <laughs> well, yeah, those are wrong, though. Um, but it was a way to generate content and keep discussions going throughout, you know, Monday through Thursday or yeah, Saturday through Thursday. Sure. So um, those are always fun because everybody's is different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like it. Uh, as for uh, the podcast, you can find it on all forms of social media at About to Review. Uh, check out the show description below. I will put all of Brian's links down there. Uh, some upcoming things for the podcast. So episode 10 of the About to Interview uh, podcast slash show is going to be this Friday. And Adam Schleichhorn, a.k.a. Milo the Cat uh, from YouTube.com slash Is This How You Go Viral. If you have seen any mashup of Sesame Street, Barney, 
Uh, Rick and Morty set to hip hop music. That is most likely him. Uh, he is a really great guy. So he is going to be on that episode this Friday. So youtube.com slash about review. And it will also be on the podcast feed next week. I will also be reviewing the alienist, which is a new show with Luke Evans. That looks really, really cool. Uh, also den of thieves comes out next week. Are you going to see that one? <laughs> of course I am. I'm skipping that one to see 12. Oh, you made a mistake there. Maybe did I? We'll see. Uh, 12. Ugh. Yeah. I just have zero interest in 12. Yeah. Uh, so den of thieves and maze runner is, is next week. And I've never seen any of those. Neither so have I'm I. Skipping. Oh, but, so you're going to see the third <laughs> yeah, one? I'm going to see the third one. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I have some time to see the other two. <laughs> oh, okay. So that will be on upcoming episodes of About to Review and About to Interview. Like I said, follow on social media at About to Review. If you go to abouttoreview.com, you can find all of the show notes and links to the guests. Uh, I'm redoing parts of my website as well. But you can go there. Uh, also, abouttoreview.threadless.com if you want to buy a t-shirt and support the show. Thanks again to Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media for the audio editing and also for the original theme song. So I think that that is it. I say that about five times an episode. That's I'm, it. I'm like, I think that is about I it. I think that's it. 20 minutes in, 30 <laughs> minutes in. Uh, so thank you again, uh, Brian, for being here. So for this episode of About to Review, I have been joined by... Brian, the movie guy. And I've been your host, that guy named John. We'll see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.